This is Priming the Pump, episode 17, the official podcast from Ag Spray Equipment. I am your host, Jason Danley. Thank you very much for uh, joining us here today uh, for yet another podcast. Had a little bit of time off due to holidays and all the other travel that we've been doing, but we're getting back after it here at the start of the year. And our guest today will be Josh Linville, the director of fertilizer for Stone X, joining us for the second time on the podcast. I know he was just on recently. Uh, but through the first portion of the year here, we have seen some major movement uh, in the fertilizer market, which is obviously going to affect a lot of our customers. So we wanted to talk to Josh about that, uh, as well as you know, get his take on maybe some things that we might be seeing here uh, in the future. Now, before we get going with Josh, I, I want to take this time to remind uh, our, our listeners, our fans, 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 I mean, yeah, I guess, okay, fans. Uh, <laughs> customers, that too. Um, I'm going to say a lot more customers than fans, because fans would imply like you actually are listening to this just to hear this voice, and, and I don't, I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true, no matter who you are. Uh, maybe my parents are listening. I would consider them fans, but they have to be. Anyway, we have got a lot of farm shows coming up. Uh, we are recording this uh, on Monday, January 17th, which it will be released within the next day. Uh, just this week, we have, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. Uh, we have got six, seven. We've got seven shows going on this week. Uh, and then about the same amount the following week. And then the following week, we have got trade shows out the wazoo, if you will, all over the country. Uh, Fort Wayne Farm Show going on, the Minnesota Ag Expo, South Dakota Ag Expo also happening at the same time, the Nebraska Agribusiness Exposition, Washington, Oregon Potato Conference, California Walnut Conference, Colorado Farm Show, the KMOT Ag Expo is next week, as well as the Sioux Falls Farm Show, also the Colsa Farm Show. Uh, happening in California, Iowa Ag Expo. All of these shows are coming up, not to mention our presence that we will have at probably the two biggest farm shows coming up uh, in the spring, the World Ag Expo in Tulare, California, and the National Farm Machinery Show in Louisville, Kentucky. We, of course, will be at those two shows. Uh, they are premier events for us and really for all of ag. And we've got all of this information listed on our website at agspray.com. You can just click the link at the top that says click here for our trade show schedule. Or uh, if you are following us on any of the social medias, of course, that being Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, we've got this information posted on there as well. So if we are in your area of the country, if we're coming around, we're going to be where you are. Come see us. Come say hi. Say you listen to the podcast. Be one of the four people that tell me that. <laughs> no, there's more than that, but I, I do appreciate uh, everybody that does hang on uh, to these podcasts and, and try to uh, uh, check them out uh, every time that we do them. And we're going to get more consistent uh, on the episodes now. Uh, it's just always very tough um, given uh, schedules and other jobs and actual duties that go on. Believe it or not, I am not a full-time podcast hope, a host. Pardon me. Uh, pretty evident by the fact I can't pronounce the words correctly. You know, works that way. We welcome into the podcast uh, for the second time now, Josh Linville to talk a little bit about what's going on in the fertilizer market. And Josh, knowing your your proximity uh, to Kansas City, the greater Kansas City area, and knowing that Worlds of Fun is just down the road, uh, while the fertilizer market has not been a world of fun, it has been a bit of a roller coaster here in the last month. Would you uh, would you say this is Mamba esque or 
how how are how would you describe the last month month and a half of the fertilizer market i I wouldn't even put it at that though you know they talk about some of those theoretical coasters where the ups and downs are so violent that it might actually kill a person (laughs) that's the one i feel like we're in i think we're on one of those tracks right now (laughs) yeah i mean it uh, just watching uh watching the markets and then seeing you know your kind of follow up and analysis on it. I mean, man, it 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 has been all over the place. And just recently, now we're starting to see urea drop down a little bit to some manageable levels. I guess depending on your, you know, definition of manageable. Just I guess talk about that market. And maybe the the most recent changes here in the last week. Yeah, and it has been. It's uh, the last two weeks. What we've seen is a very very violent drop in the price of urea. Uh, uh, on the Wednesday. And then all of a sudden, the next day, Thursday, the price rallies significantly. And it's it's absolutely insane. I can tell you uh, a couple weeks ago, my wife and I were actually down at Disney World of all places. And Wednesday, we're walking through Epcot and I'm sitting there trying to have a good time while at the same time seeing that urea was dropping triple digits. It went down $100 a day in one trade day. And then the next day, Thursday, we're at Magic Kingdom. And guess what? Prices ran back up $70, $80 a ton. And it was, we've been talking a lot about this lately with a lot of our clientele, with phone calls, things like that. Um, and we've been warning that, you know, saying, hey, the fertilizer market is kind of an immature market. And I don't say that as a derogatory term. It's just that, you know, it's not nearly as many players as other industries have. Um, and that sometimes the price can be determined more by emotion than the fundamentals. And for a lot of 21, fundamentals were driving it. Everything was pushing higher. You know, supplies were tight. Demand was big, all these problems. But now all of a sudden we started 22. Prices are very, very high to start with. A lot of the industry was around back in 2008 and it remembers that price completely falling out of bed and it wants to make sure it doesn't make the same mistake as it did back then. So you've got traders that aren't just kind of watching around, you know, oh, what's, uh, what could drop the price? They're actually looking for things to go wrong. And two weeks ago, Wednesday, we got our first piece of information. What happened is we found out our imports for the month of November. The uh, The government updates the values two months afterwards. And so we got our November numbers. And we found out, you know, November last several years, we import something like 300, 350,000 tons. We imported almost three quarters of a million tons of wow. urea, which brought our year-to-date total significantly higher, well ahead of what was expected, what was normal. And so now everybody's freaking out saying, oh my gosh, we brought in too much. We've overdone it. We need to stop the flow because we're going to be inundated with this stuff with not enough place to go with it. And that's where we started to see that price fall off. And now we're getting into the world where uh, people that maybe did hold on a little bit and are looking at uh, doing urea or, or booking for spring, uh, you know, may, maybe the lack of a better way of putting it, puffing their chest a little bit to say, well, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to show them. And, and you tweeted about this last week. That's not really the case because uh, really, like you said, until those November numbers came out, no, nobody could foresee this coming. Right. And that's the thing. I, I've spoke with some people and either they are fantastic folk poker players or they're fantastic liars, which I guess would kind of be the same thing. But <laughs> even people that have a very good read on the imports and things that are happening, even they were taken by surprise on the number of tons that came in here. And I think of what a lot of really surprised people is when you look at November, December, January, the price here in the U.S. was significantly lower than the rest of the world. So nobody anticipated this many tons coming this direction. But it overlooks something I'm kind of aggravated with myself. When I sit there and I look at it, the world is just as emotional. If I'm a global producer 
And I'm looking at these kind of margins. I'm looking at these kind of prices and knowing there's no way I ever anticipated them getting this high. I want to make sure that I never have a situation where I cannot get this stuff. Uh, I want, I don't want to get into a situation where I can't get paid. And so at these kind of prices, I would rather send it to a place like the U S where I know my bills get paid than somewhere else where it may or may not happen. So that I think is a big driver. And like I said, yeah, I, great. If that's something where you want to sit there and say, yeah, I told you so. I told you so. Congratulations. You called it right. I, I can certainly tell you, I sure did not. No, and there's a lot of people out there that have, and you, you bring up two pretty important issues when you talk about bills getting paid and fertilizer coming into the United States. It it, it makes me want to go uh, two ways with the conversation. We'll go the, the international way first. Obviously, uh, Russia and Ukraine are, are drawing a lot of headlines right now, and this could also affect the global fertilizer market. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so if you watch the news at all, and it's probably not getting the press that I thought it should because this is kind of an important deal. Uh, Russia's been amassing a lot of uh, troops on the border. They have been, uh, you know, they are starting a cyber war from the news that was out over the weekend. And I'm not going to act like I'm an expert in geopolitical situations, but all I can tell you is the stuff I'm reading makes me worry. It, it makes me think that Russia is actually going to pull troops across the border and start invading the country. And then we've got to start thinking about the ramifications. Uh, Ukraine is an ally of ours. So do we in the EU and NATO and all the rest of the world, do we stand up to Russia and say, no, we're not going to do this? And if you do it, you don't necessarily want to start firing bullets at each other. But you can do it with economic uh, wars. You can start shutting down exports. And Glenn Buckley, who we work with quite a bit, he ran the numbers over the weekend. When we look at Russia's exports, as a percent of the world exports, urea, they account for 14% of all the world exports. UAN, almost a quarter. Phosphates, 11%, and potash is a little over 20%. So you start thinking about it. If they cross the border and they start to invade, and then all of a sudden we start you know, putting warships outside their ports and say, nope, you are not going to send a single anything out, We've all of a sudden just lost 15% of the world export uh, for urea. I mean, it's it's a major, major loss all of a sudden that wasn't expected. It, 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 there is a, a a lot of geopolitical uh, nightmare scenarios that could be happening mm -hmm. if something goes down between you know those two countries. And I'm like you. I'm no geopolitical expert. I'm pretty much break it down this way. We buy stuff yep. from those people. If they go to war, that seems like that could be bad for us. You know that that's as that's as advanced as I get in that. Um, yep. so it, it makes <laughs> it makes me bring things back home. Then so that's an issue. The other issue here at home is a, a lot of times the fertilizer obviously is coming into different ports. It's got to get from those ports, you know, to the, the retailers and the producers and the, the end users. And, and one thing that, that has popped up the last couple of years in dealing with uh, fertilizer coming into the state of North Dakota, a lot of that is going to go up the Mississippi River on a barge. And if there are issues getting it up the Mississippi River, that can be an issue for the upper Midwest. And it seems like there has been some talk of barge issues and transportation issues in the fertilizer industry for this spring. Yes, and I've tried really, really hard not to talk about this too much online because there's still a lot of time between now and the, you know, quote-unquote normal opening time for the northern Mississippi River. Uh, that Mississippi River shuts down north of St. Louis uh, late in the fall and it opens up early in the spring. That's just the natural progression of it. But... You know, we need to start giving a little bit more thought because here we are. We're already midway through January. Um, you blink and we're here. 
And if we don't start getting some decent rains across the Midwest, if we don't start getting these water levels up, well, the first thing is they start sitting there saying, you know, barge, you can't load as heavy. You know, if you're normally floating a barge, you know, 16, 1700 uh, tons, and you've got to reduce it down to say 14, for example, it doesn't seem like a big deal, but that few hundred ton over the course of every single barge starts to add up. And what if all of a sudden they start saying, well, now you got to start only uh, navigating daylight hours. Well, now you're losing a third of every day. And I mean, these are very, again, low probability type situations, but they are things we need to watch because yeah, if all of a sudden we get to the spring and that product is there, I can guarantee you, even if the price in NOLA, New Orleans, Louisiana drops, your logistical cost is going to go up significantly more. Yes. And then if we're also dealing with delays in those issues and all of a sudden you have an early spring, there's there, there's a lot of, uh, of, of items that we uh, are talking about. I, I work with the North Dakota Ag Association and uh, just recently joined their board. And that's always one thing we talk about in the spring is hours of service, because ultimately yep. to get things into North Dakota, you're going to have to have trucks hauling it. And uh, there's not enough hours in the day to get it there. And then legally to also transport that stuff by DOT regulations, there's not enough hours in the day physically right. either. So there's a lot of uh, impact. And like you said, it's a long ways off. We're talking about March and April problems we're trying to solve in January. But I think if there's anything we found the last couple of years, you always kind of got to be planning ahead for the next catastrophe because you never know what it could be. And sometimes you you are planned out for, and sometimes uh, you're not prepared, and you you got to uh, be able to move uh, very quickly with some of these issues. Right, and these are all issues that we deal with on an almost yearly basis. Um, but when we sit there and think about it, this is something we deal with every single year. It's just the market's never been real good about talking about it. And that's part of the thing that I've been trying to do, that we've been trying to do, is that education. Here's some of the stuff that we're dealing with. This is why we freak out. There's been a lot of nightmare scenarios that we've battled through, that we've only been you know a day, two or three away from it actually playing out and seeing that nightmare scenario. And we've gotten lucky. The weather plays out. The trucks show up just in time. The rivers uh, improve, whatever the case may be. But this is why we're always like we really need to have a little bit better communication so we can plan ahead and have a little bit better of a shot at getting this stuff uh, where it needs to be when it needs to be there. I don't want to keep you too long, Josh. A couple things just to wrap up here. I have seen you. Uh, not physically in person, but I have seen you a little bit more on a travel circuit here this winter. I uh, saw you speaking uh, for the Minnesota Crop Production Retailers. That one's up in my territory. Where are some of the other places that uh, that you have traveled to and, 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 and talked to kind of help uh, educate uh, the world of ag about what's going on in the world of fertilizer? Well, and that's the thing. It's it's getting to the point now where I'm living by my Outlook calendar. If it's not on my calendar, it ain't happening because I literally can't stay ahead of it anymore. But uh you know, last week I traveled to uh, uh, traveled up to Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, spoke up there at their ag year, uh, yearly ag show. Uh, today, I actually, travel up to Fargo, North Dakota. Um, I'll be speaking up at a marketing day, and then over to Illinois uh, for Thursday, speaking at the Illinois Farm uh, Fertilizer and Chemical Association, and really just all over. Um, before Canada started to shut down, my calendar had me traveling. At one form or another, every single week, all the way through the end of March. Oh wow! And it just shows you how important this fertilizer information is. And this is again, this is why we're doing this. We need to get this education so everybody up and down the value chain understand what's going on, so they can have an appreciation to know, hey, here are the things to watch for. And hopefully, this means that later on, it might take a while, but we can start doing a little bit better job of being prepared and being ahead of these problems. 
So final question for you, extremely serious question, so I need you to prepare. What is going to drop more this year, the price of fertilizer or your marathon time? Which one? Do you think, do you think one's going to improve more than the other, or, 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 or how do you feel about that? As horrible as my marathon time was there at Disney, uh, it's got to be the marathon time. That was my <laughs> worst time ever. The only saving grace is the lady who runs the beer stand in uh, the America part of Epcot. She always opens up early uh, because she knows the runners are coming through. So I got there right after she opened. I grabbed myself a beer. I walked the last three quarters of a mile to the finish line and just a nice leisurely stroll. Perfect. But it did not. It made for a great drinking time, but didn't make for a good run time. Well, that marathon you ran is exactly 26.2 miles more than I have ran this year. So that's pretty good. It's pretty good for you. <laughs> it's my year, yearly pilgrimage. It's uh, running's the one thing where I can kind of shut my mind off. It's uh, Otherwise, it never happens. Yeah, I should probably get to doing the same, except for my instead of shutting my mind off, my entire body shuts down. I end up curled up on the side of the road. It's a bad thing. Anyway. <laughs> someday, though, someday. Well, Josh, hey, thank you very much for uh, joining us on the podcast. Appreciate you taking time to talk about uh, everything that's going on in your world anytime if, if i come on a third time i get that free, free toaster oven right you do you do and uh, I, I, might, do it. I might even have an ag spray hat to send your way you never know <laughs> hey, i like it all right i appreciate you having me on again thank you <laughs> that's josh Lindell. he is the director of fertilizer at stone x we appreciate him coming on for the second time uh, to talk about everything going on in the world of fertilizer uh, i used to do a outro thing here I've decided not to do that anymore. I will just simply say this has been Priming the Pump. I'm your host, Jason Danley. Thank you very much for joining us, and we'll see you next time.